0: Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim, nahmuduhu, nasalli ala rasooli al-kareem Amma Alhamdulillah Tonight is the 10th of March in the year 2023 And inshallah, we spent a session discussing the important subject of purification so firstly, such is the importance of personal hygiene. that we have the following most informative report. In Imam Ahmad in his Musnad, number 2181, Abdullah ibn Abbas, he said, It was said to the Prophet sallallahu ﷺ, Ya Rasulullah Wasallam, Laqad abta'a anka Jibrilu ﷺ. O oh, Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi sallam, the Jubilee of the has not come to you for a long time. Aye, why is this? He sallallahu alayhi sallam said, "Wala ma la yuatiyoonni wa antum hawli la tastan noon wala na azfar azfarakum, walla taqusuna shuwa shuwa li bakum, walla tu naku why would he salatu wasalam, not stay away from me وسلم, when you who are around me do not brush your teeth do not clip your nails do not trim your moustaches or <coughs> clean between your finger joints oh, <coughs> So let's look at this So it's recorded in Imam Ahmad and his Muslim. So the companions obviously they were with the Prophet ﷺ, and they felt that the angel hasn't come like he usually comes, salatu When they asked the Prophet, he gave the reason, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. He goes, why do you find it strange? When around me, people do not brush their teeth. I use the miswak, clip their nails, trim their mustache, or clean between the finger meaning impurity keeps him away <laughs> so this is very similar to another report in the Sunnah where the prophet was once walking in and uh, walking inside his blessed chamber and he looked angry and then as he walked out he met jibreel and then he said oh jibreel you promise you will come and jibreel said there is a poopy in your dwelling So when the Prophet entered his chamber again, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, Sayyidina Hussein had brought a puppy. He was under the blanket. So Jibreel did not enter the sacred chamber because of a puppy. So filth keeps angels away, alayhi salatu So note the Prophet, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, was deprived of Jibreel because of impurity, alayhi salatu It is no wonder then that our the, one of the bel- uh, beloved companions he said about the Prophet وسلم, "I never saw the likes of this man وسلم, nor anyone of a more handsome face or cleaner clothes this is in Tabarai so which companion we don't know but one of the companions said he, goes, he was unique there was nobody more handsome than him or with cleaner clothes this is fascinating. So when you picture the Prophet in your mind's eye, is that what you reflect? That he had absolutely spotless clothes, He, sallam would enjoin this upon the believers when he said, beautify your clothes and make good your mounts until you become, as it were, a blaze amongst the people. Subhanallah. This is in Hakim in his Mustadrak with a Sayyidina Transmission. So the Prophet instructed Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, "Beautify your clothes, make good your mounts. I look after your modes of transport until you become as it was a, as a blaze, meaning the distinctive white stripe down the middle of a horse's face amongst the people, meaning you strike out amongst them. I, in terms of cleanliness. So there's the tragedy. If you look at a huge gathering, do the Muslims strike out?" And the Prophet said, you should strike out in terms of your purity. Those are striking trait of the believers, i.e. to non-Muslims is their distinct sign of cleanliness and purity. Subhanallah, how far we have strayed from the mark. An obvious reason for this was what our beloved Messenger said, One way for the believer to honor Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is to keep his clothes clean, And to be content with little. This is in Tabarani and Abu Nu'im. So is it obligatory to honor Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Yes. How do we honor Him? So the Prophet mentioned two ways. One is to keep your clothes clean. So look how strange. You're keeping your clothes clean. But in reality, this is to honor Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And secondly, you are content with little. Because this is another way that you honor Almighty Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So note all of these are striking traits. Now what's strange? The immediate audience, the immediate audience were the people of the hijaz, where water was scarce. So for them to set the standard is even more amazing. They were a desert folk, i.e. Right? the the suns, the heat, the sweat, imagine. And yet they were immaculate. Because of the command of the Prophet. The Prophet would often give miswaks as gifts to new Muslims, i.e., encouraging them to clean their teeth. Because once he saw a companion and his teeth were slightly yellow, and he said, use the miswak in Imam Ahmad's Muslim. He didn't like uncleanliness. With regards to wudu. The following are a few of the more common errors that one needs to urgently address. It is related in Islamic jurisprudence according to the Four Sunni Schools, Volume 1, page 95 to 7 of the English translation, whilst discussing the dislikes in wudu for the Hanafis. Quote striking one's face violently with water as one performs wudu is makru. <laughs> this practice is prevalent among some common uneducated folk who take the water in their hands then hit their faces with it as though they want to punish themselves. Washing one's face and hands more than three times is makruh. If someone washes his face four or five times, this must either be because he believes this number of times is required of him or that it is not required. If one believes it is required, the practice is makruh Tahrimi, bordering on the haram. But if one does not believe it to be required, but does so simply in order to cool off in hot weather for reasons of hygiene and so forth, the practice is makru tanzee, a slight dislike. The reason for this is that maintaining cleanliness and cooling oneself off are to be done at times other than that reserved for worship. The use of excessive water is undesirable when the water is in one's own possession, where is if it is public property set aside for the use of wudu, as is the water available in masjids and the like, wasting it is haram. So now, let's look at this. So this is a very famous work of the four schools. And this is in terms of the Hanafis. So everything I mentioned is common. <laughs> right? It's not just like, oh, that one thing... You see people, when they are washing their faces, they splash. <laughs> you know, they sl- and then it goes on to the next person. Then a person, then obviously your fiqhra king said, this can't be right, why is he splashing me? So you get the water, you put it on your face. You don't smash it on your face. He goes, that's Makru disliked. He goes, secondly, washing it, any body part, more than three times. If you think this is a requirement, It is bordering on the haram. And if you're doing it just to cool off, this is Shaitan's whisper. So it might be a hot day, so you think I'll do it four times, it'll feel a bit hot. That is also a slight dislike. Why? Because it's an act of worship. Mm -hmm. Why are you putting your own nafs into an act of worship? Well, that's a slight dislike. Mm -hmm. And then using excessive water, even if it's your own, is makru. Mm -hmm. So the problem now is we use taps. With a container, you can't really waste water. So, the best thing you could do with the tap is just to slow it down. So, you don't use as much water. But if you are in the masjid, it is haram. So, imagine where do most people do wudu now? In the masjids. And then you're thinking, brother, why are you doing it in the masjid? Oh, it's easy, brother. And then you go, be careful with the water. And then he goes, well, be careful with the water. It's public property. And then you say, is haram? so think about it you've done a, a haram act to enter salat <laughs> something's gone wrong <laughs> the venerable companion Anas radiyallahu he said there is no good in using a large amount of water in wudu, for this act is induced by shaitan <laughs> this is in Kanzul Umar number 26,225 so no matter how much you reason it Sayyidina Anas said, It's Shaitan. Shaitan's giving you that whisper. I need more water. You know, people say this. Why do you need more water? One man came to the prophet, uh, came to the companion. He said, I need to wash my hair. I've got, you know, really thick hair. Uh, Ibn Abbas said, Rasulullah had thicker hair than you. <laughs> Silenced him. Because the man didn't see the prophet. He thought, You know, I've got a lot of hair, so I'm going to use more water. Rasulullah had more hair than you. <laughs> so what could he say to that? He said, Allahu Alaihi it is related in Islamic jurisprudence according to the four Sunni Schools, Volume 1, page 97 of the English translation, whilst discussing the abominations in Wudu for the Hanafis. Quote, Speaking whilst performing Wudu, other than by making mention of Allah the Almighty, this point is agreed upon by the schools, is makruh. The Shafi'is hold that speaking whilst performing Wudu is not undesirable, but it is preferable not to do so. There's is another couple. They're having a good chat. <laughs> See, you're in the masjid, <coughs> so you've got a problem, stay away, you're wasting water. And then they're having a chat. You know, he's watching. He's watching oh, uh, right? And then, what time do And then he goes, what time is put on tonight? And then you're thinking, what the heck is going on here, brother? So you're doing a haram by by wasting the water. And you're doing a makruh act by talking in wudu. The Shafis they state it is not a great dislike, but it is dislike nevertheless. It's just mild dislike. Again, common because it's an act of worship. Normally, in acts of worship, you are not allowed to talk. You notice this in salat, you can't talk. When you read in the Quran, what does a person do? He stops. He closes the Quran. Then he then he starts talking. So what makes wudu different? <laughs> What's very interesting, and I'm sure you've all experienced this, there's a shaitan in the wood, and the shaitan inspires you to do all these things. One of the things he inspires you to do is to sing. A uh, mentions that. So, what? Happens? Have you experienced that? Old <laughs> track, you know, where, where's that come from? You know, going back into 80s. I, I, I think I'm gonna, I mean, what the heck? I and mean, <laughs> for Allah? when they're doing ghusl, <laughs> I mean, you know, it's that bad, you start laughing, you, you hear them outside, oh, think, what's he doing inside there? Is a karaoke going on? So that's the walahan, right? And he's causing mischief in, in your act of worship. How common are these errors amongst the Muslims? So let's now turn to the virtues. People talk about the virtues, they forget to mention what's forbidden. So one of the virtues, which is worth mentioning, the hadith is in Kutni Abu Ya'ala Targhim. Uthman ibn Affan, he released that our beloved messenger said, whoever performs wudu and washes his hand three times, rinses his mouth three times, sniffs out from his nose three times, washes his face three times, and his hands up to the elbow three times, passes his hand over his head, washes his feet, and does not speak, until he says, Allah Muhammadan wa He will be forgiven the sins that he performed between the two wudus. So this is very interesting. So when you do wudu, usually people do it when the wudu is terminated. So when you break wind, you gotta do wudu. This. Virtuous act becomes more difficult if you have that mindset. Why? Because some people are very good at keeping their wudu, so they do one wudu for the day. Don't where's the second wudu? might be the next day. So at least try to do two wudus a day. Now, you do what the Prophet said, which we all do, But then you say that blessed zikr, Ashhadu ilaha illallahu wahdhuhu la sharikalah wa Ashhadu Muhammadan abduhu wa And the hadith says, you do not speak. Your wudu, you've not said anything except that. Then between the two wudus, your sins are forgiven. Subhanallah. Note, do not speak. That's why going back to the rulings of the imams, they say, makruh, why are you depriving yourself of this reward? People say, how harm is that in talking? I'm not broke my wudu. You've lost virtue. Thus, one should get into a habit of performing a fresh wudu not just when one is obligated to but also just for such priceless blessings think about that if somebody goes to you i want my sins forgiven go and wudu i'm in wudu <laughs> he doesn't get what you're talking about because go and do wudu but don't talk right then he goes that? then there you go you know bear, you know wisdom and sins are forgiven so note wudu should be guarded another thing which the hadith mentions is that when you flick your hands, when you do wudu, the hadith says in Kanzul Omar, this is the fun of shaitan. So this is another barhabi So people do wudu, they come into the masjid, and they start, you know, flicking their fingers to dry their hands. The hadith says, that's the fun of shaitan. Another makru tahreemi is entering the masjid with wet feet. People do wudu, they walk in on with, you know, at least four, right? All over the... Uh, people put their face into the next minute. rushes come huh? What's happening? Why are you walking into the market with wet feet? So note all of the etiquettes. Now, if you do it at home, you know, at least you're going to have your feet dry when you come to the masjid. So if you're going to do wudu in the masjid, you should know all these things. <laughs> but how many people know it? Right? Even though there's towels outside. But the problem now, the fee. The fee is now you need to have a personal... Uh, cloth you can't start using a towel for the feet <laughs> right how are you going to dry your f- unless you're going to use the you know the press on <laughs> you, know, do, like, you know keep your foot on like a kung fu master It mean, was all that about right just get a cloth and dry your feet <laughs> and also the hadith in Tirmidhi authentic says the Prophet had a cloth which, which he would dry his wudu with <laughs> so this is a sunnah and why would he have that cloth just in case <laughs> so when you enter the masjid and how many people do that it's unbelievable <laughs> In fact, people are fearful of offering salat near the entrance. They go, that's the worst place to play. his wife, he goes, it's the dark, you, you see a big black, black mark there. What's that mark doing there? People are just walking in. It. Right? What makes it worse is that they're on Jumat they Can you learn basic etiquettes? Right? Then they start flicking their hands like this. Thinking, why are you causing havoc all over the place? Astaghfirullah. <laughs> the masjid should be kept clean, as is but, but obvious. In Ibn Hiban, Abu al-Sheikh Avis Dibiyati in his Al-Matchar Al-Rabi Fi Thawab al amul Salih The Reward for Good Deeds, number 248 of the English translation. obeyed Ibn Marzook He said, There was a woman in Al-Madina who used to clean the masjid. She passed away and Rasulullah was not informed. He later passed by her grave and asked, whose grave is this? The companion said, Umm Mihjan the Prophet said, the one who used to sweep the masjid, they said, yes. The people then stood in rows and Rasulullah offered the prayer over her When he completed the prayer, he asked, Um Mihjin in the grave, he asked her, which deed have you found to be best? The companions then said, Ya Rasulullah, can she hear you? He said, you can hear no better than her. He thereupon said that she just told me I found the best beat sweeping the masjid. Ya Rasulullah. So look how amazing. So there's a few interesting things here. First of all, it was a female cleaning the masjid. We don't even allow females into masjids from masjids. Haram. Right? So Masjid al-Nabi, there was a female cleaning the masjid. Was she well known? The fact that her name, the scholars differ over, means that she wasn't even well-known, she just kept to herself. When she passed away, the companions didn't want to trouble the Prophet. So they did the janazah. When the Prophet saw the grave, he goes, is this Umm <laughs> And then now, look how interesting, the janazah is done, it's already been done. Rasulullah <laughs> janazah again. So think about that. What's going on there? And the janazah complete? The prophet's done it again? Meaning, I'm not going to deprive her of my presence. Then, he talked to her. So the companions, obviously, but you, you get that impression, they look and thinking, oh, is he talking to the dead? <laughs> he goes, Ya Rasulullah, he goes, can she hear you? He goes, you can hear no better than her. Meaning, yes. She just told me, the deed that she found best was sweeping the masjid. Meaning that the deed that she put her effort into was the most beloved deed. Now she understands because Allah, Allah has given her the, the wage for this. And the fact that she spoke after her death to the Prophet shows her status. So, this is something that you should keep in mind, i.e., this great deed of cleaning the masjid. And now it's even easier. You know, people, you know, they bring uh, the hoovers in and MashaAllah, press a button. You know, before it was hard work, you know, you had to get the brush and let me, we call it, you know, the sweet bush and the bucket. But now it's just the press of a button. Alhamdulillah, The Allah is not going to deprive you of the rewards. That's an awesome deed. And it's an excellent investment. When people say, "What sort of uh, deed can I pass on to the dead?" You know, can you think of a greater deed than that? You know, think about it. You know, if people have died. Have you got a nice Hoover for your father, your mother, who passed away? He says, why should I do that? Because why, why should I do that? Because if you know, the Prophet telling us this is one of the most greatest deeds. In fact, in one report, the Prophet went on the mihraj. and he said, "I saw." The rewards of my ummah, And I saw the angels recording the reward for the man who picked a particle from the masjid. The Prophet actually saw it. Because I saw one of my ummah. he's picked something up. And the angels were quickly recording the reward. The fact that the Prophet saw it on the miraj. Who was that person? Right? Then what about the person who's moving? How much rewards is he getting? And no way you can pass these rewards onto the deceased, Inshallah. And what's beautiful about it is you might even die. <laughs> But it still continues because people are still using it. That's why you get a quality well, if it breaks down, I mean, that's hudhaf, isn't it? Sometimes they let more truck out. <laughs> what the hell is this? So you brought more truck in? You know, oh no, it got a wrong one. So all I mentioned today was basically a few reports with regards to purification and again a subject in itself. Our beloved messenger famously said, who Shatrul Iman. Purification is half of Iman. In sahih so it's not just physical uh, impurities that need to be uh, cleansed; also internal. This is half of iman. This is how important it is. Are there any questions? You سبحان الله بيحمد من الله بيحمدنا شو لا إله إلا الله تسبح ركعه وبلعه 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 وبلعه